This podcast is brought to you by Podcast Nation. Ah, mmm. The first taste of rare bourbon you finally got your hands on. That's nice. At Caskers.com, we make this experience easy. Caskers is a one-stop spirit curator with an impressive selection of exclusive sought-after rare and household names in the realm of premium spirits and champagne. Discover the top flavors of the year now by going to caskers.com and using code WELCOME10 for $10 off your first purchase. Get $10 off your first purchase with code WELCOME10 at caskers.com. Ah, mmm. The first taste of rare bourbon you finally got your hands on. That's nice. At caskers.com, we make this experience easy. Caskers is a one-stop spirit curator with an impressive selection of exclusive sought-after rare and household names in the realm of premium spirits and champagne. Discover the top flavors of the year now by going to caskers.com and using code WELCOME10 for $10 off your first purchase. Get $10 off your first purchase with code WELCOME10 at caskers.com. But I think long-term vision is just really getting as many women as possible to understand like how amazing daily functional movement can be and how you actually can strengthen and support and restore your body through movement. And that movement can be nourishing and not depleting. Yes, I'm excited for everything. Welcome to The Real Reel, where I take you behind the Instagram reel and into the real lives of entrepreneurs, content creators, and anyone who inspires me and may inspire you too. I'm your host, Natalie Barbu, and let's get into it. Hello, everybody. Welcome back to the Real Real Podcast with me, Natalie Barbu. Today's episode, I am very, very excited about. I have a guest on that I know you guys are absolutely going to love, and it's one of those where you actually learn a lot, and it's very, very inspiring. I feel like that's always the theme of my episodes. That's always what I hope to that my listeners get out of it. I want you to feel inspired. I want you to learn, and I want you to stop listening to podcasts after you listen to mine because you feel so inspired and so compelled to like go and take some action in whatever it is that you're dreaming of doing. And so I really hope that you do that, and I think this episode is going to be one of those that helps with that. And I'm very, very excited because we do have Rachel Katzman, who is the co-founder of Pvolve on the show. But before we dive into Rachel and Rachel's story, I wanted to kind of fill you in on this week and give you some highs and lows and just kind of update you because I feel like a lot has gone on and I haven't had like a proper update in a while. But last week was my birthday. I turned 26 years old, which is kind of crazy that I'm closer to 30 than I am 20. I mean, I I still feel so young and I know 26 is young. I'm sure people that are like 30 are listening to this and being like, oh my God, 26 is so young. Or like people that are 40 are like, oh my God. And I know like I'm not one of those people that's like afraid of getting older. I think getting older is actually such a blessing and it's something that not many people have a chance to do, you know? So I am very, very, very grateful that I am, you know, growing and getting older and getting wiser, hopefully. And, you know, so I am not scared of age. Like I, I'm not scared of 
getting older, looking older or anything like that. I think it's actually like a very beautiful thing, but it's just weird. Like it's one of those things where I'm like, I don't feel this age. Like I feel like at 26, you know, when I was younger, I thought at 26, I would be married with babies. Like I thought that I would have children already, like multiple kids. And, and I think it's cause my, my mom was married at this age. She had a kid already. And she, I think she had me at like 27. So I think she might've been like pregnant with me at the time, but you know, it's just when you compare yourself to your parents or to someone else in that same life stage, it, you can feel a little bit behind and not even like, I don't feel behind because it's not something that I really want right now. Like I don't want to be married right now. I don't want kids right now. Like at this exact stage, like I'm excited for those moments, but like I'm good right now without being 26 and, you know, still not having those things. But it's just like when you do compare your life, I don't know, it, it can, you can get very discouraged. And I think your twenties is the time and that is most prevalent because I always say this, but in your twenties, you have people that are still in school, people that never went to school, people that are starting jobs for the first time, people that are like excelling in their career, people that have no idea what they're doing, people that are married with children versus people that are single and like don't have anyone. And it's just like the most it's, it's this, I think it, it has to be the stage of life where people are the most scattered. Like there is no roadmap to your twenties. There's no right or wrong way to do your twenties and everyone is on their own path and doing it differently. And so I fully acknowledge that. And I, I don't really like comparing my life to others, but 26 just sounds a little older to me. <laughs> That's kind of what I was going for. So I don't know. I, how do you guys feel with like getting older and, you know, rapidly getting into your late twenties? Like, I don't know. I just, I feel like I'm still like in college sometimes. I'm like, Oh, I'm, I'm just like, you know, still 22 years old and I'm, I'm not, which is, it's really weird. And I know like when COVID first started, it was obviously March of 2020. And so I was, I believe I was 23. Yeah. I was, I was 23 at the time and now I'm 26. I'm like, Oh my God. Even though I was a month out from being 24, I still say like, Oh my God, I was 23. Anyways, that that's kind of like my thoughts on getting older. And then I wanted to give a little high and low of the week. So this week, the high was obviously my birthday. I thought it was a great birthday. I had such a relaxing weekend. I started the day off at the Standard Spa in Miami. I got a detox cleanse massage and it was so nice. It was 75 minutes. It was just like so relaxing. And then me and Keon ended up going to get lunch. We then ended up going to a house to see um, a house that I ended up putting an offer on. So I did put an offer on a house on my birthday. For some reason, I was like, it's a sign. Like, this is a sign that like I'm meant to get this house. I had a good feeling about it. My mom had a good feeling about it. So I was like, oh my God, I'm getting this house. More on that to come. Uh, but put an offer on a house. Then we went to Brickell. We walked around like Brickell City Center, which is like a shopping mall. And then we went to dinner at Brickell Key. It's called like Lamar by Gaston something. I forgot his last name of the chef, but it was a really, really good meal. It was like right on Brickell Key. We sat outside. It was gorgeous. Then I will say that I have two lows stemming from that day. And you can probably tell what one of them is, but one of them, I didn't end up getting the house. I offered $50,000 over the asking price because the market in Miami is absolutely nuts. And I still didn't end up getting the house. So that just shows you like how crazy the market is, but it just wasn't meant to be like, I'm not, you know, stressing over that. So didn't get the house. That's okay. Um, and then my other low of the week would be after dinner on my birthday, the valet lost my car keys and that's never happened to me before. I was so upset because I mean, thankfully I have a Tesla where I can actually drive away with my phone, but like, what if I didn't? Like, what if I couldn't drive away? Most 99% of cars, you can't just drive away without your car key. So I was really upset by that because I now like 
anytime I go anywhere, I need to be able to park. I cannot do valet because I don't have a key to give to the car or to the valet driver. I can't go get my car washed. Like there's a lot that I can't do. And sometimes Tesla does act funny where like I have to have my car key on me at times. It hasn't happened in a while, knock on wood, but like that were to happen again, I don't have it. And they were giving us such a hard time. They were like, well, I I thought I gave it to that guy and that guy, that guy, whatever. They were kind of started like blaming each other. And there was one guy that worked at the valet that was actually like super helpful. He's like, listen, we lost the key. Let's like do what's right. Let's just give them their money. Like whatever. The manager was just like, no, no, no. I know. Like it, it was just like a mess. And I was like, listen, I spent an hour at the valet. I was like, I don't even, you're not going to find it. Like, let's just, it's gone. You it probably fell in someone else's car when you were getting their car. You lost it. Just give me my money. Like, just give me the money to replace the key. It's literally $35. Like, it's barely anything. So I was like, just please give me the money. And they're like, well, you have to do a whole claim. So now I have to like give my car registration and email this person. And it's kind of just like a mess. And for $35, but at the same time, it's like the principle of it. So I'm 100% going to go through with like the whole claim and stuff like that. But yeah, and then we got mad at the hotel because they were like, well, you're going to have to talk to the hotel about reimbursement because it's at a hotel, the restaurant. So we talked to the hotel and they were like, well, it's not our problem. You guys are third-party contractors. And so it was just kind of like a mess. So the hotel ended up giving us like a $100 gift card and then the valet is going to reimburse my $35. But yeah, we were waiting there for like an hour to like an hour, 15 minutes for them to like figure out what they're going to do. And that was just really annoying. So I would say that was my low, but overall didn't ruin my night at all. I was just like, listen, I'm so thankful that I have this car because I can drive away. Like it's not a big deal. Like it's really not a big deal. There were no like keys attached. Like it was literally just the car key. The low, I guess, was more so that like now I don't have it and I'm waiting for the key to come in. And then the other side of it is that like, hopefully I don't need it. Like hopefully I'm I'm fine. So yeah, that was kind of my high and low. But yeah, I kind of want to reflect on my birthday. This weekend, my friends are coming. So we're going on a yacht. I'm so excited. It's a 90-foot yacht. I can't even comprehend what 90 feet is, but I'm going to talk all about it next week. So be sure to tune into that. I have 13 friends coming. Not all of them are staying with me. Some of them are like here in Miami. But let me count. I have me, Keon, my two co-founders, my friend Julie, and my friend Spain and Tochi. So I have seven people staying in my apartment, which is going to be insane, but I'm so excited. So that's kind of what's going on this weekend. But now let's get into this episode. So I wanted to reflect on my birthday, but now I do want to talk about today's episode, which I have the lovely, lovely Rachel Katzman, who is the co-founder of Pevolve. Rachel co-founded Pevolve in 2017 after her quest to ease the pain from high-impact workouts, and her scoliosis led her to discover the healing power of functional movement, which I have scoliosis as well, and I definitely want to do Pevolve so I can kind of see how it really helps like ease my back pain because it's just not very fun having scoliosis. Pevolve has grown into a global omni-channel fitness brand backed by a clinical advisor board with three studio locations and franchise opportunities worldwide. And it's something that I see all the time on social media. I really, really, really want to do a class in person. And Rachel strives to continue to evolve the method to meet women's needs, constantly raising the standard for women's health and fitness, which one thing I love about Pevolve is that it optimizes workouts for women depending on where you are in your cycle. And there's even a syncing program integrated in the platform, which I think is absolutely genius. I can't believe it hasn't really been done before. And I think Rachel deserves like all 
the praise for that. So she began her journey by signing a six-month lease at a not very nice gym, but and I think it was like in the middle of Chinatown, but rather than the method and on like a multiple floors up, like not something that is, you know, you're going to walk by and be like, I want to go to that gym. But she constantly met women's needs and it was something that people wanted to come back to and it, and it spread fast because she was creating a community. And so with all of the messages from women all over the world, Rachel decided to take classes online and she started editing her own videos, did social media, and just got the platform out there. And it wasn't perfect, but that didn't stop her. And it because of that, she continued to grow Pevolve. Rachel was also diagnosed with Lyme disease. And after dealing with it on the surface level with no improvement, she went inwards and began healing internally. So she sees wellness as a 360 holistic experience connecting mind and body. And she truly has created a new standard of fitness for women that focuses on how you feel rather than how you look. Today's episode, we dive into Rachel's story and how she developed a life-changing fitness platform, how to pivot your business when challenges arise, tips for making concrete plans when you're a visionary personality type, the importance of being honest and open with your community, and also what is next for Pevolve and Rachel. So without further ado, let's welcome Rachel to the show. You know what the best feeling is when you walk out the door feeling like you can conquer the world because your hair looks amazing? You know those days when your hair shines with confidence? Well, I have something that are going to make those good hair days into a daily reality, which is Way's new hair gloss. I personally have been loving taking care of my hair. I just got a new haircut and at first I was iffy on it, but then the more I've looked at it and the more I've styled it, I actually really love it and I don't think I can go back to super long hair. It's all about how you style it. So I have been meticulous about my hair routine. I've been incorporating Waze hair gloss and it has literally made me love my haircut and love all of the different ways that I can make it look. It's so easy. Just five minutes in the shower and bam, instant shine. And let me tell you, preventing heat damage is a top priority for me. And with hair gloss protecting my hair up to 450 degrees, I can style worry-free. And the best part, my hair feels shinier, healthier, and more vibrant than before. If you guys have seen my blowouts on my Instagram or my TikTok, you know that I have been feeling my hair and it has been so shiny. Getting your shine on in the shower with Waze hair gloss is so easy and it's packed with hyaluronic acid and rice water. And so it, so it not only gives you immediate shine, but also treats damage and enhances color vibrancy. And here's the best part. In a consumer perception study, over 85% of participants agreed that their hair looks shinier, healthier, and smoother with Waze hair gloss. Loss. Give your hair a glow up with Way. Go to T H E O U A I and use promo code RealReal for 15% off any product. That's T H E O U A I dot com, promo code RealReal. Ah, mmm. The first taste of rare bourbon you finally got your hands on. That's nice. At Caskers.com, we make this experience easy. Caskers is a one-stop spirit curator with an impressive selection of exclusive sought-after rare and household names in the realm of premium spirits and champagne. Discover the top flavors of the year now by going to caskers.com and using code WELCOME10 for $10 off your first purchase. Get $10 off your first purchase with code WELCOME10 at caskers.com. Hi, Rachel. Thanks so much for coming on my podcast. So excited to be here. How are you? I'm good. I'm very excited for this episode. And I know that I've, I feel like we've been like, it's been scheduled for so long. So I've been like super excited to record for a while and now we're finally doing it. So we're here. Yeah. So 
before we get into the actual like meat of the episode, I like doing the setting the record straight. So this is where I'd ask some stereotypes, some assumptions, and then you'll let me know if they're true or false. Okay, let's do it. So the first one is that there is such thing as balance as a founder. False. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. I think that balance is one of those things that you're never going to have like perfect social life, perfectly perfect work life, perfect family life. I always think that there's like seasons of your life where those might be better than other times. But then I also think there's seasons where like your head's down working and, you know, you might not have time for, for a social life and things like that. Yeah. I mean, for me, I think it's all about priorities. You know, definitely earlier stages of building this company, it was, you know, more priority, more focus on the business and really had to sacrifice a lot of things. But I think as the company grew and as the team grew and you can delegate some of those responsibilities, you can start to prioritize personal, family, all of those things. But I think it's also, you know, being half-listic, we like to say at Pevolve, like, you know, just really being real with yourself and what is, you know, important to you might not be important to somebody else and just always being true to who you are and kind of what you personally need to get done to feel good about Mm -hmm. yourself and for that week and for that day and so on. Yeah, I I agree with the priorities thing because I do think like there are some days when if I'm out of town and I'm catching up with a friend, I'm like, I'm not working today. Like today I'm closing my laptop. I'm not doing stuff. But then there are other days where I might not have much going on. And I'm like, I'm going to prioritize knocking a ton of stuff out. And that's what I'm going to do. And so I think that that's like an important thing to note because sometimes people can think, oh my God, I don't have balance. I don't have balance. Like I must be doing something wrong. But I don't necessarily think that exists. I think also, you know, really understanding, you know, it's personal balance. Again, I think everything is personal. Like my balance is different to your balance. And also one thing I've learned too is, if I have committed to going somewhere, but I have a lot of work and I know I'm going to be on my phone, I won't go. Yeah. I'd rather, even if it's 20 minutes that I have to catch up with a friend or grab a coffee or something, you know, being present and not being on the phone to me is more important. Those 20 minutes than trying to go out for X amount of hours and be stressed or like, oh my God, I have to check that. Oh my God, this person keeps calling me. Um, so I think you really just have to kind of know what your priorities and how you see balance in your life. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And the next one is you have to be passionate to start a business. hundred percent. Totally. Yeah. I mean, you know, you have to really like, I always say this, but eat, sleep, breathe this idea and this business until it really like takes over and consumes you for sure. Yeah. So my first business that I started was an online store and I started that just because I wanted to start something, not because I was actually like very passionate about it and it did not do well. You know, it like didn't end up going anywhere, but that is one thing that I learned. I'm like, why am I like, I'm just doing this just because I want to say that I started something or just because I thought that like, this is what's going to make me like an entrepreneur. And so like, that was the thing I wanted to get into. But if I'm not, if I, since I wasn't passionate about it, it didn't go anywhere. Whereas now I have a business where I'm, I'm starting an app for social media or for like mm-hmm. influencers to make their business easier. And I'm so passionate about it. It's what I love. It's what I like eat, sleep, breathe, like what you were saying. Yeah. And it makes such a difference. Yeah. You know, not every day is going to be, you know, rainbows and sunshine and it's really freaking hard. And 
that passion and just that love and obsession is what makes kind of getting through those really tough times, you know, a lot mm-hmm. easier. Things have been super, super hard with kind of like our journey. And yeah. if I wasn't passionate about it, I would have quit a long time ago. Yeah, totally. Yep. Yeah. And then the next one is that fitness is more than just working out. Yes, a hundred percent. And I think it's really exciting just to see the kind of marketplace right now, because I think a lot of that conversation is finally talked about that. It isn't just about that 55 minutes, sweaty, high impact class and pain equals gang. And I have to be like hunched over dripping sweat or I didn't get a good workout that really it's about moving your body. And that's such a gift And that movement and working out can mean more and should mean more than just six pack abs and toned arms and a lifted butt. Like, yes, you want all those things. Um, and it should deliver all those things, but it should also be delivering you so many other amazing benefits as well. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I also felt that way. Cause like when I was starting out with like my fitness journey, I remember thinking I only can do hit classes. Like I only want to do things that are like cardio heavy, making me sweat. I I need to be able to like not breathe by the time I'm done with it. <laughs> and now like my favorite workouts are Pilates and like strength training where I'm not drenched in sweat afterwards. And, you know, it's, it's things that I can like feel my body challenging itself, but it's yeah. not like I'm dying at the end of my workouts. And those are my favorites now. Like I never do like hit classes or like Barry's boot camp or anything like that anymore because I just personally don't enjoy it anymore. Totally. I'm with you. I think sometimes you don't, you kind of take for granted the way that your body can move and kind of all the things that it can do. You know, once that's taken away from you, I think you have a whole new appreciation for it. But I think also the mental component when you do kind of slow things down and you really get very intentional with that movement, it's not just about you know, how fast can you swing your leg up and down and how many times you can pulse when you start to understand like what muscle is taking my leg up and what muscles bringing it down and how can I activate my glute while also trying to activate my core and also remembering to breathe. Like for me personally, there's such a um, like mental component to that, that always I walk out of my workout just on like this almost high a little bit, you know, it's, it's um, always pushing me and I'm always getting to know my body better every, you know, class that I take. And it's just, it's been such an exciting journey for me. Mm-hmm. What are your favorite workouts to do? Like, what are the things that, you know, bring you joy while doing? Uh, well, I only do PVOV, but I love it. You know, we have so many different kind of class categories, everything from sculpt to low impact cardio to recovery content to content specifically around, you know, women's needs. So I love our like signature sculpt classes, but some days I wake up and I'm like, wow, I slept weird. Like my hips kind of bothering me and I'll do like an amazing hip opening stretch and wow, I want to amp it up. Maybe I'll do that 30 minute, you know, kind of low impact cardio. So I really have kind of prioritized how to tune into my body and understand what it's asking for that day and really give it what it's asking for. And I think, you know, stretching. Some days it's okay to just stretch and move in a gentle way and open everything up. And that's almost more important than kind of, you know, like that workout class. But I think when you can tune into your body and know what it's asking for, the results are amazing. Mm -hmm. And were you always like someone that listened to your body or did you, yeah, like what was your experience? No, 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 no. (laughs) 
I mean, I didn't grow up very active. Like I didn't, you know, I wasn't an athlete. I maybe danced and, you know, random things. But once I was really early 20s, I kind of just was like, whoa, I don't recognize myself in the mirror. I don't look the same way. I don't feel the same way as I did back when I was 18. And for me, that kind of first step into my wellness journey was exercise. And I just kind of was bouncing around all the different boutique studios. And it always felt like a chore to me. And then when I met my other co-founder, Steven, he just kind of introduced me to this different way to move my body and started educating me on my body. And I quickly saw the physical results that I was after. And also I was experiencing a lot of back pain. I found out I had scoliosis prior to meeting him and my back pain went away. And this like this light bulb went off in my head. And I was like, wow, like I not only enjoy moving my body, I enjoy working out. I feel like I look amazing. I have this confidence. I have this strength, but I feel good. Like I actually feel good. I'm craving this movement. And I knew that that there was something there. Yeah. And is that when you kind of came up with P-Volve or were you doing these workouts on your own with your trainer or... And then like someone was like, oh, you should start this. Like, what was that moment where you realized that this could be a business and this was something that was missing in the market? Yeah, I mean, it definitely was kind of after a couple months of, of working with him that I just had this light bulb moment. I grew up in a very entrepreneurial family. So I've always, I've seen my brother start companies fail, start companies fail and other people, you know, in my family. So I think that was always like in me, but I just never knew what I wanted to do. Um, kind of like how you were talking about earlier. I was like, oh, I'm going to start this, but I was passionate about it. And that was I, oh, what if I did that? And this, you know, I had such a transformation of my own that I was like, wow, like there are other women out there who think that, you know, if I have an injury, I'll never be able to work out again. Or I'm working out so many hours during the week, but I'm not seeing the results that I want. I, you know, I'm in pain. And I just knew that you know, through my own personal story, like there is something here. Movement can mean more than just looks. It really can be an uh, amazing place for so many women to come to help alleviate a lot of these pains and sensitivities in their bodies. So we set out to launch Pevolve and really bring on a, a lot of other experts as well, a lot of other amazing certified trainers and doctors to kind of just help us further develop this method into what you see today. And do you think that that was because of your scoliosis and your own like diagnosis, if you will, that that's why you wanted something that specialized in, you know, people who maybe traditionally didn't think that they could, you know, enjoy a workout class or enjoy a specific workout? Or was that your intention or what was like your first, I guess, your goal with starting people? When I started it, yes, I think prior it was when I found out I had scoliosis, I was like, well, I'm just going to push through the pain. Like, okay, I guess I'm still going to have to go to boxing. I'm still going to have to go to rowing. And like, I'm just going to live through this pain. And then when I saw that there was another way that I could still achieve those results and feel even better, that's when I was like, whoa, like we, there's something here, this kind of world of functional movement and low impact and, you know, really working the body at all different angles and taking like physical therapy inspired movements there is a white space. And especially for women, you know, there mm -hmm. isn't today really a specific, you know, method or workout geared towards women. And I think as women, we go through 
so many different things in our life. We go everything from getting your period, getting off birth control, your hormones are crazy, you know, having a baby, menopause, all these different things and everything in between. And there wasn't like this place that could have content and specific classes for all of those different need states that a woman goes through in her life. And I just thought that was, you know, I wanted that. I was getting all those results and using this type of movement to help me through all of those things that I was personally experiencing. And I wanted to, you know, make that available to women all over the world. I love that because I think that right now, like I I know that depending on your cycle, for example, depending on the stage of life that you're in, depending on so many factors, the workouts that you do should be altered for that. You know, like we, it's okay to have like different workouts depending on like where you are in your cycle. Like it's actually recommended. And yet I haven't seen anyone that actually takes that into account. You know, like you'll do a program and it's like, the same exact thing every single day and every single week. Whereas there, I catch myself like noticing like there are some weeks when I do not want to get out of bed and go to the gym and do like a strength class, but like, that's what my workout says to do, you know? And so it's, and then I'll get, I'll feel bad. I'm like, wait, am I just being lazy? Like, why am I not wanting to get up? But there needs to be education on the fact that depending on where you are in your cycle, in your life, like whatever, like, that's going to change. Your energy levels are going to change. The workouts that you do to optimize your health should change for that. And I think that that's awesome that you're doing that. And I think that goes back to getting to know your body and getting mm-hmm. to know yourself. You know, at the beginning, when I started this, I was 23, 24, you know, like I thought I knew everything about my body and about the whole world and definitely did not. And it's, you know, some of it's trial and error and some of it's, being educated and talking experts. And when we were developing our phase and function program, which is our cycle syncing program, I had no idea what my body went there. I was like, what? I go through four phases? What? There's a reason that I just want to like eat chocolate and I'm a bitch and don't want to speak to anybody. Oh, so I can eat these things and I can move my body this way and I can, you know, alleviate some of those symptoms. And, and it was just amazing. Like, why aren't we being educated on this? It's so powerful you know, when you actually have those tools um, and you really know how to work with your body and not against it. So, yeah. Yeah. And I will say like, I didn't learn about this until listening to podcasts and like podcasts should not be the only place (laughs) I'm hearing about this. Totally. Totally. And okay. So I'm also very big into entrepreneurship, how women like start companies, how people in general start companies. But when you had this idea of P-Bulb, what was your first step that you took? Like, did you incorporate right away? Did you try to find like customers and kind of, you know, do some user research or what was like the very first thing that you did when you had this idea? So we opened up a gym in Chinatown. We signed like a six month lease. I'm like, all right, six months, like, let's just try. And I mean, like the shittiest, grossest (laughs) gym. Like I'm shocked anybody even came. I'm like, we're spending no money. Like Ikea, we're going to paint ourselves. Like literally nothing, maybe a bench. We're going to like put up a little curtain for a dressing room, nothing. And let's see if people come. And I started doing like all the social myself and everything. It just was kind of, you know, building this really grassroots community and more and more people were coming and I'm like, okay, okay. Putting everything on social and started getting just reach and like women from all over the world were DMing and messaging and like, Oh my God, I'm so interested in what you guys are talking about. Can I Skype into a class? Can I do a PT zoom? Can I this? And it was like, 
okay, we can't scale this, you know, in this little studio. So let's, you know, how do we put this online? How do we kind of, you know, have this amazing method be available and accessible to more women all over the world? So I think you always start down and dirty and scrappy so you can prove it out, you know, Mm -hmm. hear from your members, hear from your customers, get feedback. And even when we launched our website, I mean, down and dirty. Like when we, I taught myself how to edit all the videos, there was no microphone, there was no lights and like nothing fancy. And you just get it out there and you test and you see, and then you iterate on that. Um, So I think you always do want to go out with something small and test and, and get a feel of the response. Mm. The first taste of rare bourbon you finally got your hands on. That's nice. At Caskers.com, we make this experience easy. Caskers is a one-stop spirit curator with an impressive selection of exclusive sought-after rare and household names in the realm of premium spirits and champagne. Discover the top flavors of the year now by going to Caskers.com and using code WELCOME10 for $10 off your first purchase. Get $10 off your first purchase with code WELCOME10 at Caskers.com. Ah, mmm. The first taste of rare bourbon you finally got your hands on. That's nice. At Caskers.com, we make this experience easy. Caskers is a one-stop spirit curator with an impressive selection of exclusive sought-after rare and household names in the realm of premium spirits and champagne. Discover the top flavors of the year now by going to Caskers.com and using code WELCOME10 for $10 off your first purchase. Get $10 off your first purchase with code WELCOME10 at Caskers.com. I do think a lot of people, they see these like really successful companies that have already made it. And obviously they have a lot of money and resources to pour into making a pretty website. Or like if they have an in-person studio, let's say like, it's going to look really good if it's a huge company that's been around for a long time. And people view that as the benchmark, whereas that should not be your, like you should never think that that's your starting point. And it prohibits people from starting because they're like, well, it's not going to look like that. So how did you get people in? Like, how did you get people to trust you even though you were small and even though you were scrappy and even though, you know, there were bigger workout studios and places out there that, you know, were more established? Like, how did you get people to really believe in what you were building? You know, I think it all comes back to your product has to work. Yeah. Right. Like no matter what you're putting out there, it has to deliver on the results that you are saying it's going to deliver on. So I think, you know, at the end of the day, it didn't matter what the studio looked like and it didn't matter really what the website looked like. The method and the equipment were delivering those results these women, you know, wanted. And I think we had a really amazing small community that would tell their friends, that would tell their friends and we'd have, you know, a model come in that would post or an influencer naturally come in and post. And I think when something's really good, it just slowly starts to get around. Mm-hmm. Um, and you know, you can't, you can't fool people these days. Yeah. And I also think it's like, yes, pretty branding is obviously important. And like, don't get me wrong. I love branding. Like I think that it definitely draws me to something, but if something is pretty branding, but I don't like it, I'm never going back. <laughs> but if something totally. is, yeah, if something's like, okay, it's not the cutest, but like, it works. I'm always going back. I kind of think of it like food trucks. Like food trucks are nothing special. They don't look cute or like a hole in the wall restaurant. Like 
it's not the cutest place, but like I'm going because the food is so good. It's so good. Yeah, totally. And 100%. so yeah, your, your product kind of speaks for itself. And I think that's one thing when people focus a lot on social media on just like the marketing of it, but you need retention and you're not going to get that if it sucks. Yeah. And I think, you know, you want to also showcase like your member stories and your member testimonials and the, like, I can tell you all the amazing benefits of Pevolve and everything it's going to do for you. But when you hear it from actual people that have experienced it, it's just, it's so different. And you can always go back and invest and, you know, once you're ready or once you're at that place in the pretty website and in, you know, all the pretty photos and this, I promise you a year later, you're going to want to redo all of it again. <laughs> um, but you can always go back and, and redo that stuff and invest in that. And I think you can't wait till something's perfect because if you wait too long, somebody will have already come out with it, you know, ahead of you. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. And was launching a startup what you thought it would be like? Like, is, is this kind of what you envisioned when you first started Pevolve? Oh, like, yes and no. You know, this really was my first experience in like the real working world. Um, I started this when I was young. So I didn't, you know, have like years of experience at a corporate job or a startup or anywhere else to really compare it to. Um, You know, I think as the team grew and as we were just building and growing, just that kind of responsibility and you know, I'm responsible for all these people here. Um, maybe that's something I didn't, wasn't thinking of at first, but I think also like when you're young and naive, like that's so pure and blissful at that time. So yes and no, some parts of it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Cause I feel like that's one thing that when you jump into something head first and when you are the, you know, you're a founder of a company, there's no roadmap, you know, there's not like, mm-hmm. okay, I'm going to do this, 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 and this, and then that's going to give me this result. Like everything is different. Every day is different. How do you manage like the stress of that? You know, like having every day be kind of a unique day or a unique challenge or not knowing what to do next. Like, do you have any like rituals that you set in place? You have like weekly things that you do, monthly things that you do to kind of handle that uncertainty? I mean, I love my morning routine. Like I kind of if I don't have a few things I do in the morning, then I feel like my day is all over the place. Like wake up, go outside, breathe fresh air, move my body, blast my music, just get like myself organized. I kind of like that every day isn't the same. I like figuring out solutions and fixing the problems. I think you kind of have to have a little bit of that in you, that kind of not chaos, but like, you know, it's, it's, something's always happening. Um, But I think I have an amazing team and amazing support system that when things are stressful and crazy, like for me, I need to just be able to call someone and get it out and talk through it and kind of not keep everything bottled up or write something down. I always have my priority list of everything that I'm doing. And then like wind down, I wake up super early. So really by like 6.37, like my brain's toast and that's like wash my face, mask, housewives, and like totally <laughs> check out and put myself in another world and then, you know, restart the next day. Yeah. And do you do anything like like monthly or something that you kind of like check in with yourself or, or is that more like a daily thing that you always do your routine and, and that's kind of your check-in? 
I would say, you know, I do like I have an amazing like spiritual healer that I talk to probably once a month or once every three weeks. So I love talking with her. Um, But I think it's more like daily. I think I've really, you know, I was diagnosed with Lyme disease uh, back in January of 2020. And kind of all last summer, I really focused on kind of trying to heal within. I think I, you know, from the time that I got very sick and got diagnosed and like the six, seven, eight months after that, I was very surface level and I wasn't getting better. Mm-hmm. And it really kind of took me like hitting a really low point of, you know, if I don't start dealing with a lot of this internal shit, I will never get better. Um, so I think I really put in like a lot of work of, you know, how to just really turn inwards and like, am I okay today? Why am I feeling like that? What tools do I have? I am feeling overwhelmed or if I am feeling stressed, like if I'm feeling really stressed in the middle of the day, how do I like do a quick restart? If I can't restart, what do I do? Um, but that's like, that's the hard work, you know, but it really pays off. Mm -hmm. And have you noticed like since, for example, like being diagnosed with Lyme disease and doing these things that are healing from within, have you noticed like a big difference in your life and like, what has that changed look like? I think so. I was always very like, didn't want to talk about feelings, didn't want to communicate, hate confrontation. And you know, that also trickles into work life. So I've definitely had to, and I think it's been positive. You know, I think having a conversation with someone, even if it's maybe something they don't want to hear, it can always be a positive. It's always about the tone and kind of the intention that you come into that with. I think, you know, just what my body was craving during that time, movement wise, you know, bringing that into our content, working with our trainers to develop more recovery classes. Uh, We launched meditation and we brought that onto our platform. And I think really thinking about wellness is like a 360 holistic experience. And what does that mean from like a mind and body perspective for me personally, and then bringing that into our community and onto our platform. When you first started P-Vault, did you know that you wanted to do a 360 holistic view or was that something that was uh, kind of when you got diagnosed with Lyme disease or when you, you know, was that like a new thing that you wanted to incorporate? I always saw Pevolve is like, you know, more of a lifestyle brand. I think I'm definitely, I have a big imagination and can always be very big, like visionary long-term. Um, but I think as I grew and as the company grew and as we got more members and talking to them and hearing their stories and their transformations, that vision grew with it. And just this idea of really needing you know, more content and more classes to really bring that kind of holistic experience to life. Yeah. And I, I love that you say like you have a big imagination you have a lot of ideas, you know, you're bringing it to life. And I do think as like a founder of a company, that is the job, you know, to like have those ideas, steer the company, steer the vision. But what I think is really interesting is how people hone in and decide that path because you can go a million different directions. Like we said, there's no roadmap for being a founder. So how did you decide like what is good advice that you would have as a founder of sticking to a route or picking the direction to go in? Like how do you narrow down your ideas and actually follow through with, you know, one plan? 
That one's really hard because I still struggle with it. (laughs) I think, you know, always have a, like, I have a list of all my crazy ideas, right? Me too. (laughs) I think you're constantly like rejiggering them or reprioritizing them. You know, sometimes it's what, like, what can I do today? What's more longer term from like a time, money, investment, everything standpoint. I think I have, you know, close people around me that I'll bounce things off of and have a good dialogue and conversation. But I think when it's something that you can't stop thinking about, you know, or your, your customers are asking for it or like you, you know, and I think that there's things that you can do to start small and test that idea. Like I always say, no, if something isn't scalable, like still try it, you know, if it works, we can figure out a way to make it scalable. But I think there's down dirty ways we still do it to like test a lot of different concepts and ideas. And really, I might think I have the most amazing genius idea in the world. If our members are like, fuck that, I I don't like that, then you know what, we're not going to do it. I'm not offended. Fine. It's like we are there to really serve our community and give our members the best possible experience ever. And it's, we, we take a lot of our cues and kind of direction from them. And I'm sure that you have dealt with pivoting because you guys Mm -hmm. launched before COVID and had to kind of shift that model. So do you kind of, when you have to pivot, is it something that you think about for a long time, kind of make a pros and cons list, or it's a quick, we're pivoting the company and kind of going headfirst with it? Like what's your process with that? Yeah. I mean, we always say like, don't be afraid to fail, just fail fast. Mm -hmm. You know, like quick, you have to be able to quickly pivot, especially when you're in a digital space, you know, everything's 24 seven and you have to be able to quickly move. And yes, you want to make sure that you're, you know, making the smart decision. But I think if it takes you too long to react, then you kind of already missed that boat. So when it came to COVID, like we already did have a digital platform, but we still had our studios. We were also in the process of building out and planning to open two new studios. Um, So we, you know, quickly pivoted. We sent all of our trainers like cameras, tripods, lights. We're having them film themselves at home. We went to doing a ton of Instagram lives and just like getting our content out there. Um, and just, you know, how to meet our member where they were and still make sure that we are providing fresh new content for them during such a difficult time. Yeah. And as a business owner and, and founder, like how often do you talk to your customers? How often are you listening to your customers? Like, what does that look like? So I personally try to speak to, you know, at least one to two people a week, just like myself and like just how we're doing right now on Zoom. I also will go in like our Facebook group and look around in there. We have every week, like our all hands meeting, which everybody in the company, we always have like a member spotlight where a member comes on. And this can be someone who, you know, was on a trial and they canceled. And it's like, I didn't like this. This was hard. This was difficult. Or it can be someone who's been with us from the start. So we really like to hear like all the good, bad, and ugly, or it can be if we just launched a new program. I want to talk to somebody specifically about that program. So I am, I'm obsessed with our, our members and our customers and, you know, any chance I can always want to talk to them. And I think it's, you guys probably build a really good community because of that, because you do, you are actively talking to them. It's not just like, here's the product, pay for it. And like, okay, see you later. You know, you guys are very engaged in their lives, but also because kind of going back to the product is good. You know, if, if the product is good, people will stick around. Have you ever had moments where you felt like 
my customers aren't happy or like we're not growing as fast as we we can or have you ever had moments like that where you kind of have like an internal freak out with that even though i know like your customers are there people love your product but i feel like when you're the one running it you can have those moments of like self-doubt totally you know when we first launched we didn't invest enough internally in our like internal tech team and technology and owning our technology. And when it was time for us to kind of get off our platform that we started out with, because we really kind of outgrew them and wanted to bring everything in house and kind of build it all from scratch. And it didn't go as planned. You know, it definitely didn't. It took a lot longer. We were over budget, didn't work the right way. It was a worse experience for our I mean, it was just a disaster. It was like a lot riding on this and it just completely and that was a moment where I was like, what do we do? What do we just, oh my God, why? And then, you know, you have to like, how are we going to get out of this? So, um, but I think being like transparent, like, hey, we made this update. You know, this is what we were hoping for. It didn't work. We're fixing it. We hear you. We're fixing it. You know, we're trying our best to release new things, fix things as fast as we can. But I think being, you know, open and honest with your community goes a long way in those moments. And where do you see the future of Evolve going? Because I think that you have probably a ton of ideas and on your big list of things of <laughs> where you see it going. But I always find it fascinating kind of seeing like what the vision is for, for the future and kind of like where you're steering the company. You know, we really like are on a mission to be a new standard when it comes to women's health and fitness. Mm -hmm. So I really see us continuing to like pioneer towards that and educate more women and really be at this intersection, cross-section between like healthcare and traditional fitness. We just launched our first nutrition product. So hopefully more products to come in that section of our business. We are launching franchises, some more gyms all over the US to come. But I think long-term vision is just really getting as many women as possible to understand like how amazing daily functional movement can be and how you actually can strengthen and support and restore your body through movement. And that movement can be nourishing and not depleting. Yeah, so I'm excited for everything. Well, I'm excited for that because like I said, I think that that's so important. And I hate that I didn't know about, you know, the different phases that we go through and why our bodies feel certain ways and what works during what time. And I hate that I didn't know that until I literally listened to like a podcast episode talking about that. I'm like, I'm 25. Like this is (laughs) concerning that no one has spoken about this. Yeah. It's crazy. So I love that you're trying to make it, you know, more like, mainstream, if you will, like you want to get it out there more because more and more women can benefit from this. And it's something that's not talked about at all. I think what's even more exciting is that women are open Mm -hmm. to it. You know, the conversation is here. You know, we, we had pelvic floor strengthening content like two, three years ago, but Nobody talked about your pelvic floor. Now you're seeing it. Why you need to strengthen your pelvic floor? How do you know if you your pelvic floor is too tight? And you need to work on releasing your pelvic floor. Why? So I think it's so exciting that like it's okay to talk about it now. It's not just meant for like you and your doctor or 
you and Google by yourself, or like you and your best friend, like it's being talked about and women are open and they want to learn about their bodies and really, you know, take their health care into their own hands and have that power in their own hands. So it's, it's super exciting. Mm-hmm. And what are your favorite like features of Pevolve or what have your customers been saying are like the best parts of Pevolve? So I think workout wise, I mean, what's so great about it is that you, you can filter by any time. I have 15 minutes, I have 10 minutes, I have 20, all the way up to 60. I have no equipment. I have these pieces of equipment, trainer, all of that good stuff. I think what I love hearing from our members is that, you know, oh my God, my body's never looked so great and my posture's better. My back pain is gone. I can pick up my kids without pulling out my lower back. I actually... Uh, I just read last week, a mom wrote in, I can now jump on the trampoline with my kids and not pee my pants. Like, I'm like, that's fucking awesome. You know, (laughs) she's like, thank you, pelvic floor strengthening classes. It's little things like that, that you don't realize are so important. I have better balance. I have, you know, more flexibility, better stability. Um, It doesn't hurt when I bend down to pick something up the ground. I can run around with my grandkids and not get out of breath. It's, like we all want to look good, but at the end of the day, we all want to feel good and we all deserve to feel good. So I think it's, you know, those types of stories. Yeah. Well, I love that. And I think it's so important, like you said, to talk more about working out as a feeling and how you feel mm-hmm. afterwards. Because I, when I started my fitness journey, I, it was when I started like working out and actually like going to the gym, it was all about looks. I was like, I want to yeah. go because I want to tone my abs. I want to get a, like a bigger butt. I want to do, you know, it was like, all of these things that I wanted to do. And like every single day I would, it'd be like, after I do a workout, it'd be like, Oh, do I see any results yet? You know, like I was so impatient with it. And the reasoning behind it was that, and I felt bad, you know, I was burnt out. I wasn't feeling good. I was not excited to work out. It felt like a chore, like you had said. And so until I found things that I actually enjoyed and until I realized that, Oh, you don't have to burn 500 calories for it to count as like a good workout that's when I started feeling better. And that's when I started being like more active and like my daily walk. That's fine. If that counts as that workout for the day, I'm not going to like beat myself up over, Oh my God, I didn't go to the gym. Like that's fine. As long as I moved or if I do a little stretch in the morning, like that's now where my mindset is. And I've been seeing it more and more lately, which makes me really happy to see because you don't, like you said, need to do things that you don't enjoy or that make you feel bad or make you feel burnt out or worn out. Yeah. And I think when you find something that you not only like, but your body likes, those physical results, at least for me personally, they come quicker. Mm-hmm. No, I feel like I've never looked better. Yeah. I'm like, <laughs> you're like, I've never looked better and I've never felt better. Like, you can have your cake and eat it too. You can. Exactly. It is possible. <laughs> no, exactly. So I'm excited to have like my listeners try Pevolve. I really want to get on the platform because I think that it's so cool. And when I visit New York, I'd love to go to an in-person yes. studio. Got to get you there. Yeah. No, it sounds amazing. And I love what you're doing. And before we go, what advice do you have for any entrepreneurs that are maybe in that burnout stage or feeling overwhelmed, feel like they don't have that balance, feel like they're kind of, you know, running on empty right now, um, what advice would you have for them to kind of take care of themselves and, you know, be an entrepreneur? I think first and foremost, like if you don't take care of yourself, you can't take care of anybody else. 
you know, and sometimes you have to learn that the hard way as like a founder, as anybody who's starting a company, you always put yourself last, right? You want to make sure everybody else is okay. But if you're not okay, and you're not prioritizing your sleep or moving your body or whatever else you need to prioritize for you personally to feel good, then everything else will slowly start to crumble. And I think sometimes it's sitting down, making a list, you know, I still like to write things out, do it on your phone, whatever works for you. But like what things make you happy and bring you joy or like are non-negotiables for you. And that's okay to say like non-negotiable, like do not book a meeting for me at that time because that is when I do my workout. I need these, you know, little things throughout the day or throughout the week or throughout the month for me to mentally feel sane. And sometimes when you're open and honest with people, I, they'll get it. You know, I think so many, no, I can do it. I can do it. Yes, 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 sure. Yes, yes, yes. And there's a time and a place for that. But you also have to be realistic and, you know, know what your limit is. And it's okay not to go over your limit. Because, you know, at the, at the end of the day, like, we're all just trying to do our best. And I think just being honest with yourself. I love that advice. Because especially for me, I used to there was one point where I wasn't setting any like time limit boundaries. And I was kind of available for anyone and everyone who wanted to talk to me at any time. And I was starting to get so overwhelmed. My calendar was being booked up. I was doing like meetings back to back to back to back. And there was one point where I realized I was like, I haven't had lunch for like the past few days, because I've literally had back-to-back meetings and I'm starving at dinner and it's so unsustainable. And so now I have like an hour break in the middle of my day where I'm like, this is my lunchtime. No one book anything. I'm not going to talk to anyone at this time. Like this is when I'm going. And even if I'm, you know, my lunch doesn't take a whole hour, it's my like one hour break in the middle of the day. So I don't overwhelm myself or I don't take meetings on Fridays, for example, because I want Fridays to be a day where I can kind of catch up and wrap up the week and, and, you know, end early and run errands and do other things. And so I used to feel so guilty about that. And it's one of those things where I'm like, actually, this is fine. Like, I don't need to be available to everyone at, at any time. Yeah. And I think it's like, again, it's like all personal, like my business partner who I work with, that girl can sit down from eight in the morning to eight o'clock at night and like perky energy, go, 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 go stare at a screen. Like I can't, I have like ADD after about like two hours, I'm like, I got to get up. I got to move my body. I can't look at this computer. And like, that works for her. And I got to do what works for me. So there's different styles and it's all acceptable and it's all okay. You just have to be, you know, honest. Mm-hmm. No, I totally agree. But it was amazing having you on this podcast. Where can they find you and where can they find people? So you can find me at our catsman and you can find Pevolve at Pevolve or Pevolve.com. Awesome. Well, thank you so much, Rachel, for coming on. Um, And then I know we'll have a discount code, but thanks for coming on. I loved this conversation. Thanks so much for having me. Thanks for listening to this week's episode of The Real Real. I hope that you enjoyed and don't forget to rate, review, follow, or subscribe on your favorite podcast app. You can follow me personally on Instagram at Natalie Barbu and the podcast at The Real Real Podcast. I'll see you next Monday. Ah, mmm. The first taste of rare bourbon you finally got your hands on. That's nice. At Caskers.com, we make this experience easy. Caskers is a one-stop spirit curator with an impressive selection of exclusive sought-after rare and household names in the realm of premium spirits and champagne. 
Discover the top flavors of the year now by going to Caskers.com and using code WELCOME10 for $10 off your first purchase. Get $10 off your first purchase with code WELCOME10 at Caskers.com.